Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Two of the nightcap live from the Circus Sportsbook, and we've grown. We've added a person to the set. That's JVT, our senior NBA analyst at me, JVT. That is Sean Green at Sean T. Green, co-host of the Sports Gambling Podcast, which I don't know what it's about, but I'm sure it's an interesting one. Uh, Sean, appreciate you stopping on by. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a uh, podcast about gardening, so there we go, go hard finding the value and the best roots uh, to plant. <laughs> no, yeah, obviously, uh, Sports Gambling Podcast, we talk a ton of sports gambling, and yeah, thanks for having me on the show. And they're hanging out here at Stadium Swim for the next couple of days. Got some live streams going on. Uh, I don't know how you survived the 115 out there, but <laughs> hey, man. Oh, man, I was in there. I was outside watching uh, my Sixers. I had the sunscreen. It was going right into my eyes. As an Irish guy, I was just, you know, 115 degrees, not my weather. And, uh, you know, not the result I was hoping for. I mean, Sixers got out to was a huge Was it tears lead. or is it the sunscreen? <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. I was watching that live stream, JVT. I couldn't tell. I was like, is he is he, is he he squinting because they just blew a 15-point halftime lead or is that because the sunscreen's well, in I, his eyes? I, I, know, I know where Tim's from. Where are you from? I'm originally from outside of Philly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so the East Coast. Welcome to Vegas for both of you. Both, uh, yeah, this is this is summer, boys. It's, it's, an oven. Yeah. it's a dry heat. Yeah, hey, it's better than a humid heat. I tell you that much. It, that is true. Uh, the humidity can be uh, quite strong here, uh, or at least on the East Coast. So not uh, not too bad. But 115 is hot. It is hot. Uh, let's get you updated real quickly. JBT, do you want to update the people on this Clippers game? Uh, 40 to 17. A lead here for the Los Angeles Clippers with 8.14 left to go in the second. So a, a very, very good start here, obviously, for the Los Angeles Clippers. We'll see if they can keep this going uh, through, of course, the course of this game. But Terrence Mann, my guy, at the free throw line with an and one, and he hits it. I'm telling you, man, like Terrence Mann, 
He is not a guy that is going to drop 20 points for you in like, you know, 6 of 12 shooting. Uh, but he is just, he finds the right places. He draws fouls. He's a smart team defender. It was incredible that Ty Lue, the best line of any of his press conferences was at the beginning of this series. I think it was after game one. And he was asked about Terrence Mann. And he goes, he's out of the rotation. <laughs> and like, that was it. And I was like, okay, buddy. Like, we'll see how long that lasts. He's been incredible. I, I just, it, it does make you question, you know, the Zubats numbers in the, ser- in, the, in the first round series against Dallas when he played like 18 or more minutes, they were winless. And now they've changed up the rotations. Oh my goodness, they're winning games. They went small. They're playing Terrence Mann, who played, what, nine minutes in the first two games? 22 in game three. I think it was game two. He came in for 60 seconds, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this yeah. this Clippers team, they've just been g- g- so weird to watch, starting with that first series where they, you know, up until game seven, they lost all their home games. I was at one of the home games, and they're just, they're uh, they're one of those teams that's sitting back, waiting to flip that switch, and then they do, and they, they kind of got away with it against the Mavs. Maybe they're getting away with it uh, against the Jazz here. I mean, they're off to a great start, looking to even the series at 2-2, so... Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know what this Clippers, you know, what their ceiling is. I mean, I, I originally picked them to win the West, but now oh them God, going up. Yeah, is, huh? now, I mean, <laughs> you know, they're down 2-0 again, and no team uh, has ever come back from two uh, multiple 0-2 deficits. So if if any team can do it, maybe it's this Clippers team. It's I was oh, I, who was I listening to today? It was one of these NBA analysts, but he brought up an interesting point, which was sometimes teams take on the personalities of their stars. Which would be a Kawhi Leonard who tends to like kind of slowly ramp up during series, where yes. yep. especially the defensive intensity. And you see it with this team because I like I don't think there's any argument when you see them at their peak, which was last game, and what they're doing right now. Like this is a team that is potentially the best team of the Western Conference. Yeah, but they haven't put it together for a complete series. Like it's their highs are so high, but their lows are really low. No, yeah, and and we, um, my partner and I, we went to the uh, Clippers Mavs game five, and just watching it live, yeah. they 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 flipped the switch, but then it was too late, yep. and I mean Luca just looked amazing, and leaving that building, first off, it was hilarious. There was a ton of Lakers fans <laughs> talking a ton of smack to the Clippers <laughs> fans, and then meanwhile they get eliminated uh, by the Suns a couple days later. So. Uh, in Interesting rivalry there, but yeah, and and when they turn it on, they look amazing. And and last night or, or last game, we finally got that Paul George uh, game we've been waiting for, and he really went off. You got Jackson uh, draining threes. He's not as hot today, but um, yeah, I mean the ceiling for this Clippers team is super high. It'll just be interesting to see if they can actually reach that ceiling. Reggie Jackson with four points. Paul George ten. Marcus Morris. Hey, how about this? One for sixteen for three in the first. <laughs> Three games, it's three for three here tonight. Let's keep it rolling. It is the nightcap here on VSIN live from the Circus Sportsbook. It is the nightcap. We keep things rolling. Hour number two here on VSIN, the sports betting network. JVT, VSIN senior NBA analyst at MeJVT on Twitter. And Sean Green, follow him on Twitter at Sean T. Green. Hanging out in Las Vegas. He is the co host of the Sports Gambling, Gambling Podcast, doing some live streams up at stadiums. So, what brought. What was the reasoning, the rationale, Sean, to, to come out to Stadium Swim uh, on June 14th? Well, June 4th, I mean, yeah, you, when, when you see that's going to be 115, you start regretting uh, maybe choosing that date. But again, you know, uh, we're, we're buddies with Derek and uh, always enjoy doing live shows here at the property. It's an amazing place. And, you know, things are finally opening up. I mean, um, you know, we were itching to get back to Vegas. Uh, we just launched our new app. So we're like, hey, let's do a live stream, hype up the 
app and uh you know what better place to do that in and then uh here in las vegas yeah it's uh it's not too shabby here it's all right uh, oh, no, you know, it's awesome it's okay uh <laughs> but right now the los angeles clippers are on another level and you know jvt you just hinted at it you know when you see this clippers team at the highest of its highs you start to think now you could see visions of oh yeah this team could win it all you see you start to uh Think about why this guy right here to my left has been so high and steadfast that the Clippers are the best team in the Western Conference, and they are putting it to the Utah Jazz. They lead by 25 right now. Everything is coming up Clippers at this point in time. Paul George has 15 points. Marcus Morris has 11 and three threes. Kawhi Leonard, 12 points already in this game. It has been a terrific performance, really, from the outset by the Clippers as they lead by 26. Yeah, man, 5 of 7 within 4 feet of the basket now. Another shooting foul drawn. Like, And this is the benefit, right, of what we talk about when we say play small against Utah. It's not so much that you can go out right and pick on yep. Rudy Gobert. It's just getting him out of that area of the floor so then you can get more aggressive within 4 feet of the basket. And, like, the, the, look... Ty Lue is not the best coach, but every once in a while he'll stumble <laughs> upon something that works and he will use it until it doesn't work anymore. And, and him finally kind of committing and dedicating himself to this small ball lineup, eliminating Rajon Rondo's minutes in the postseason, like all these sort of things, you got to give him a little bit of credit for at least being willing to do it and stick to it once he finds it. And, and they've done it up to this point. Yeah, no, totally agree. I mean, Ty Lue is one of those coaches where he, he seems to get a lot out of his vets and, and that seems to be his connection with the players themselves seems to be his strength. Not always the best when it comes to line ups, X's and O's, but he does seem to kind of be able to talk to these guys and certainly he must be doing something if they, you know, they came back 0-2 and, and looking to come back from another 0-2. So clearly he has the vet's ears and, uh, you know, we'll see if that's enough to kind of carry him. But you're right, like his lineup selection, what, what's, you know, him drawing up plays, coming out of timeouts, not Ty Lue's strength, but kind of getting especially older vets you know, like uh, Paul George and uh, like Kawhi to buy in, it seems to be a strength. But right? and to Sean's point, real quick, Tim, yeah, because there there was a report out there about like Patrick Beverly, for example. Patrick yeah. Beverly, by all accounts, didn't really take his benching very well. He was still like, all right, I'll do it, team player, or whatever. But he was pretty upset about it. But like, so when you have the strength as Ty Lue, so what Sean's talking about is to not only bench Patrick Beverly, but then in the next series, go, we need you. And then he's like, hey, all right, yes, I will go out there and I'll yeah. play about 15 minutes for you. I'll force some turnovers on Donovan Mitchell. I'll play my role still. Like, there is a certain talent to that. And by the way, Rudy Gobert just gets his third foul here in the, the first half. So what they're doing here is working up to this point as Marcus Morris sinks a free throw too. So. And Rudy Gobert right now, uh, you know, he's not in the prop market ever going to be a guy expected to score 20 points. But uh, he has one point and three rebounds uh, mm-hmm. at this point and no field goal attempts so it is uh, uh, all Clippers right now. Uh, second period, or excuse me, third period underway at T-Mobile Arena. Golden Knights up 3-1. to one. Uh, Your line after two periods here at Circa. Montreal plus 2.5, plus 105. VGK minus 2.5, minus 125. And uh, the total at 5.5, juice to the over at minus 165. <laughs> Remember, it was 4.5. Yep. After the first period, you get three goals. And now we stand... Uh, with a juiced five and a half going into the second period. The Jordan, Clarkson, the third period. Jordan Clarkson regression has finally hit too, by the way. Which <laughs> is making you so it happy. Was, it was due, right? Uh, I mean, 50%. just watching Jordan Clarkson and how confident he was and that swagger, and I'm sure Lakers fans were, where was this when he was a Laker? The, the bank shot, was it game two? <laughs> oh the bank gosh. shot, like, stop. Like, every, so many of these shots. Well, there was the bank shot in game two, and who had the ridiculous floater that bounced off the top of the, the backboard? And it, like, oh, it was just so ridiculous what these were going down. But yeah, Clarkson, uh, one of eight from the floor, 
one of six from three. Well, players. and to your point, JVT, I mean, you you always talk about this all the time, and it's it's a it's usually a, a good way to look at gambling. You know, if if a team is really at its at its peak, time to fade them, and if they're as low as possible, look at two examples here: Marcus Morris, a guy that finished second in the league in three point shooting percentage. Now, as you mentioned earlier on the show, a seven game series, anything can happen, but. One for 16, he's three for three here tonight from three. And then you look at a guy like Jordan Clarkson, who had a great year and was you know, sixth man of the year, much to the chagrin of, of JVT over here. But one for six from three, he was shooting over 50% from three in the first three games. So the regression a little bit, as I don't know if anyone expected this, but a 29-point lead now for the Clippers. Water always finds its level, baby. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's that's where really analytics have their best place, in my opinion, is looking at these player prop markets and finding these like long stretches where, hey, this guy isn't that horrible of a shooter. He's going to he's gonna find his stroke. He's going to get back. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you got on the Morris over points, you're looking pretty good. So let me ask you, Sean, like, how do you approach betting in terms of like NBA postseason? Because my approach, so I'm really analytically driven in my handicapping. And so what, what I like to do a lot is I, I bet a lot of series. And then because I'm, I'm confident that the numbers that I'm looking at will play out more over the course of a best of seven, whatever it is. And then I'll find my ways to like guarantee profit, things like that. If the market's off on certain games, I'll get involved. But I find myself to be pretty patient, like bet series and sit back and watch. How do you handle it? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, uh, definitely series betting is the way to go. And and that is kind of where the NBA separates itself from the other sports is you have this seven-game sl- uh, seven slate, even in round one now. And, yeah, ultimately the best team is going to win. And if you're looking for that analytic sample size to kind of even itself out, the seven-game series really is perfect. It's tough for you know, for some, a team to win as an outlier in a, you know, to win four games in a seven game series. So I'm with you there. Uh, and also I'm just a guy who just watches a ton of basketball, a ton of NFL and just kind of my gut will, you know, give you a nice lean, especially when it comes to road teams, whether or not they're going to show up, just kind of keeping your eye on, on the league in general. But analytics are great for, like I said, player prop stuff. Um, you know, if you're looking at rebounds, assists, whatever, and then to the series price as well, because eventually, and, you know, we saw that with the Clippers-Mavs. I'm sure if you bet Clippers early before the uh, series, you're sweating bullets, and then maybe you even load it up, uh, you know, after those first couple games, because you go, the numbers are telling me this is going to even out, and in seven-game series, it did. Wait, Tim Hardaway Jr. is not going to shoot 60% from three <laughs> over the course of a season. Huh? Did you, JVT, I, you know, I think you and I were in the same boat. I, I grabbed the Clippers after they lost game one at plus 175. Did you grab them again after game two? No, I, I, so I have them. All my Clipper stuff is plus 140 before the series started and then 11-1 to one to win the title after or before game six in that series against Dallas. Okay. So I am heavily invested in, in the Clippers' success as they move forward here, emotionally yeah. and monetarily. <laughs> and it's the, uh, it's the Marcus Morris game right now. He just hit a baseline jumper. Marcus yep. Morris now with 14 points. So go ahead and cash your over on Marcus Morris in the points market at 11 and a half. Uh, I do want to get to Nets Bucks uh, while we watch this game unfold here. Second quarter, about three and a half minutes to go with the Clippers leading by 26, guys. Um, I, looking at the totals, this is astonishing to me. You know, this was expected to be the two highest scoring. Yeah, you know, Look at game one total. I think even in some places it opened in, in the 240s, closed 239 and a half. You get 222, which was the highest scoring game we've seen in this series. Game two was the beatdown. 238 was the total. Not that much of an adjustment. And you get 211. 
four-point adjustment for game three, and that's where you get the historic 169 performance, so a 65-point difference between closing line total and what the game ultimately closed uh, finished at. And then yesterday, Kyrie goes out, KD goes 9 of 28 from the field. The Bucks win at 107.96, so 25 and a half points under. So now, right now, you're looking at a total, guys, of 21 points under the closing game one total. You don't see adjustments like this in a seven-game series because, you know, the marketplace is not going to overreact, right? But they had to. So what do you do here, JVT? Do you... Just keep rolling with the cash cow, or has the market finally figured it out at 218.5? Right, I think you got to be careful here, right? Because the, you know, I always look for changes, right? There yeah. is a change here. It's the fact that KD, or excuse me, uh, Kyrie, Kyrie and Harden aren't on the floor. So this is now a different team that you're dealing with in Brooklyn. And I, like, I actually tend to look at this under and maybe see if this is going to start to move up and you can play this. Because the one thing that worries me here is, and we talked about this um, with the, our, my, our guest, uh, his Brian name Lewis. is Brian Lewis, thank you, who covers the Nets. It's Who's running the point for this team, right, for Brooklyn? It's going to be Kevin Durant's going to get a lot of ball handling, but Mike James is going to be running point for 25-ish minutes, right? Tyler Johnson is going to come back and run point for them. We're talking about the potential for a lot of turnovers. We're talking about the potential for some stagnant offense, the potential for just KD to be their only real like outlet in terms of offense. And so that would, that's what kind of worries me. So when you look at it through the prism of this is what the total was in Game 1, now this is what it is for Game 5, it's a, it's a dramatic difference. But it's also a dramatically different team, and I, I think you always got to keep that in mind. Yeah, no, totally agree. And then also you're factoring in the Bucks being able to score on the road, which has been, you know, kind of tough. And and to your point, uh, you know, Kevin Durant operating as a facilitator that hasn't been his role just you know very often in the NBA. So someone else has to pick that up and you know distribute the ball and create shots for other people. You know, uh, Durant's used to kind of being the guy that scores and not the facilitator. So the fact that he's playing a different role, I I mean, what does the offense look like? What does Nash do as far as, uh, you know, the lineups and the substitution? So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy uh, to to kind of take the under uh, or sorry, to take the over because, you know, you feel like. The under is, uh, or sorry, the uh, you feel like the overs do, but mm-hmm. I still think the value is on the under there. Well, and just looking at this game, guys, KD, obviously we've seen him in moments rise to the occasion. I mean, what he did in the two NBA finals against the Cavs, albeit a lesser opponent and his team was more talented, I mean, he hit big shot after big shot uh, in that series, one NBA Finals MVP. But now this is this is his this is all on his shoulders. Now mm-hmm. there is Joe Harris and Blake Griffin, as you mentioned, JVT. So you're looking at Milwaukee, or excuse me, Brooklyn at home, getting four. KD coming off of a really terrible performance, nine of twenty-eight from the field, one of eight from three. PJ Tucker, I, I have a suspicion that P.J. Tucker is going to get a couple quick fouls tomorrow. I, I think <laughs> with the Steve Nash thing. And, and KD's bodyguard might take care of him. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think right now this is a stay away for me, but there's part of me thinking that Brooklyn has has a real chance to keep this thing close. I mean, Sean, I don't know about you. My buy price is five. Like, if it gets to five, I'm in. Like, yeah. give, give me Brooklyn if we get up to five points. So, you know, I think we're right around where this might sh- this probably should be. I mean, keep in mind, right, that we had that overreaction. Was it game two where Brooklyn closes as a two-point underdog at home? You know, the market clearly overreacts there. But now yep. this is two guys that are not playing here for the Brooklyn Nets. So I think four, three and a half seems about fair. But if we're getting to five, I'm in on Brooklyn.
Yeah, I mean, I'll still take Brooklyn plus four. I, I feel good enough about uh, Kevin Durant here leading the team. Uh, again, it's going to be a different role, but I'm still optimistic. And this is really a statement game for Kevin Durant, a guy who's taken a ton of crap over the years for kind of, oh, he's just, you know, always looking to ride a super team. And, oh, he went to Brooklyn so he can play with two other stars. Now this is a guy who really, Kevin Durant seems tuned into narratives, you know, as as a guy who had a, a burner Twitter for a long time, he seems tuned in for what people are saying about him. And if he can come in and, you know, win this series and put the Nets, um, you know, on his back here to close out the series, I think is huge for him. So I, I think this is a Kevin Durant statement game. When you look at what Giannis has done, JVT, so far in this series, played pretty well yesterday. I, It's still at times, I don't know why, I mean, Brooklyn will... Let him if 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 he hits three threes, they'll say, "All right, well, I mean, we, that was a risk we were willing to take." They'll let him. What, what are we getting the fist pump for? No, I step back, Kawhi three. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, the, the narrative. Twenty-four point lead right now. Yeah, they are cooking after game one. Like, oh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, man, you've never seen defense like that. All right, stop. Step back three in his face. Let's go. What have you made of Giannis's performance in this series and the two wins? Uh, you've seen Budenholzer, thankfully. Uh, playing them more, uh, no more limiting of minutes. We don't need to do that in the regular season. <laughs> what, what, have, what, what have we made of Giannis's performance so far in this series? And you know, what did you take away from his game yesterday? So I think the big, the big takeaway for me yesterday was uh, three less three-point attempts. You know yeah. what I mean? And let's cut that down by two more, right? Like I think there's no the, reason for him to be shooting a, threes. But it's not even. I don't even think it's shooting threes, right? It's the threes that were early in the shot clock. It's like coming yes. up with the ball. Right, and then immediately pulling up while you're in transition. Those things, those are not your shot. No. Okay, so yeah, well, if you yeah. take those desperation threes at the end of a clock, I'm fine with it. But th- those kind of shot selections, I'm out. Yeah, if he's taking a three with 20 seconds on the shot clock, it's right. like there's no way that's the best look of the possession. And, again, you know, he, he can kind of hit some threes. But, really, his bread and butter should be in, in the paint, in the post. Like, that's he's a finisher. That's what he does. He finishes at the rim. That's his strength. And, really, you know, Brooklyn will have trouble guarding him if he just focuses on getting in the paint. The, Brooklyn wants him to shoot. They want him to take those early possession threes. Like, he shouldn't be handling the ball early on in the possession, hey, you know. Yep, more off-ball stuff, more screening, more rolling. Like, And we saw, I think, a little bit more of it in that game, but yeah, I, like, I think you want more, like even more, right? Have him, like, let Drew Holiday bring the ball up. Let Chris Middleton bring the ball up. Have him off-ball, have him screening and rolling hard to the basket. Like, that's where he's going to be pretty hard to stop, and that's where I think Brooklyn doesn't really have an answer for him. So more off-ball Giannis, I think, is better for the Brooklyn do we get to the point? Do we get to the point where you start to see the hack of Giannis on a more regular basis? No, I mean, because the rules are set up so you can't really do that, right? So, like... Like to a certain extent, if you're going to see just more of like, all right, well, in a certain situation, I'm willing to foul this guy. Like, if it looks like it's a, a basket that is pretty much guaranteed at this point. 60 to 37 right now. Clippers up on the Jazz by 23 as we inch closer to the end of the first half. Vegas Golden Knights trying to take a 1 0 series lead in the Stanley Cup semifinals. They lead 3 to 1 with under 12 minutes to go. Sean Green hanging out for another segment. JVT, I'm Tim Murray. We bring it on back right here on the Nightcap. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, bro. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Here on VEASAN, that is JVT, VEASAN's senior NBA analyst. Follow him on Twitter, at me, JVT. What's up? I'm just watching the replay of Kawhi Leonard baptizing uh, Derek Favors. That the was the highlights. If you haven't seen it by now, the highlights, just, just check it out. Go to Twitter. It'll be everywhere. And these two gentlemen were, were engaged during the, uh, during the commercial break. Sean Green here, Sports Gambling Podcast. Check it out. Live streams the next couple of days from Stadium Swim. And... The the dunk made me lose my mind. We had to wait about two minutes until commercial break came around, which, by the way, we're at the half. It is 68-44 to 44 Clippers right now over the Utah Jazz. The first half over ends up hitting, despite Utah having just 13 points in the first quarter. So you hit the over of 110 as we are at, sitting at 68-44. to 44. The Clippers uh, comfortably cover the two-and-a-half in the first half, leading by 24. But Kawhi right now, guys, seems like he's 
on another level. He's on, he's 2019 Toronto Kawhi. And just watching the end of that first half, JVT, you were kind of doing your own play-by-play here of just watching him dictate everything. Finishes with 19 points, kicked to the corner for a wide-open Marcus Morris three, who, by the way, all he is is five for five from three in this game. He was one for 14 in the series prior to today. So we've seen some... uh, uh, things becoming norm, and uh, this game has just been an absolute beatdown from from the tip. Yeah, and I think really it's just about like my, my thing with the Clippers, and you know, Sean and I were talking a little bit about this during the break. Is I think through the first two games, you were just waiting for the other pieces to just start to kind of come together, right? You know, Kawhi was not his greatest in the first two games, but Marcus Morris did not shoot the ball well. Reggie Jackson fouls out of game one. Game two is much better, and it's a much better performance from them overall. Paul George, very poor in the first two games for the most part. But now you're starting to see contributions from everybody, right? Nick Batum is really good in game uh, game three. He's not great here in game two, but he's still plus 19 when he's on the floor. I should say game four, excuse me, right? We talked about Marcus Morris and his outputs there. Like, you were just kind of waiting for this team as a whole to put it together and have all of the pieces contribute from that standpoint, and you are seeing what happens when all of those pieces kind of click for the Los Angeles Clippers. So, so long way to go. So, a long way to go in this game, too. But, like, this is you're seeing the potential of the Clippers. You're seeing why I'm so high oh, on yeah. them. Like, this is why, because when I see them play, Sean, like, this is the team that I see. Oh, yeah, no, totally. And, and again, that's why I picked them to win the West is because I envision this team, this, you know, playing this style of playoff basketball. We threw out uh, on the podcast Kawhi MVP uh, of the finals, you know, I, midway through the uh, Dallas series as a good way to play the Clippers future instead of just betting the Clippers uh, to win it all. Why not take Kawhi finals MVP? Because there's no way the Clippers are going to win the NBA finals. I mean, maybe there's a, a, you know, slight possibility Paul George gets it, but. Really, let's be honest. If the Clippers are winning the NBA Finals, they're doing it on the back of Kawhi Leonard and, you know, riding him as Finals MVP. It's an interesting market that we've kind of been hopping in on. Gave out uh, Chris Paul a little while back as well. That's a fun long shot. You know, looking at this board right here, obviously these will adjust tomorrow. But JVT, it'll still be a 2-2 series. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much the market's going to react to this performance. Now it's a thorough beating, assuming that, uh, this this result say similar. How much in the futures market does it change, and is tomorrow a potential opportunity to look at the Los Angeles Clippers in the futures market? So I mean, it could be, look. The market is clearly high on LA, right? Uh, we, we talked about before this game yep. started, right? They're five the betting, point favorite. The betting market is telling you that they are the better team. It would, the home court has been factored into this postseason by about two and a half points. They're two and a half points better than Utah on a neutral. I got to talk to uh, Jay Croucher over a points bet when I was on Follow the Money before this series started. Points bet wanted to make the Clippers the favorite in this series. So if we're talking about this 2-2, we're talking about them still having to play two out of three in Utah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're behind Utah in terms of the standings for the futures market, but uh, they should probably be, given the injury situation for Brooklyn, given where Philly's going to be in their series, again, if this result holds, I wouldn't be surprised to see them with the second-best odds on the futures board if this, you know, again, if they blow out Utah today. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be something. Sean, we got about uh, 45 seconds or so. Uh, You're from Philly? Yes. Yes. 
Sixers lose tonight, blow a double-digit yes, lead. Was, How are you feeling about the Sixers right now looking at the landscape of the East? Uh, I mean, I still think they get it done for the series, but now, I mean, really, I, you know, to state the obvious, it comes down to Embiid's health. And the way his knee looked in that second half, the way he had trouble getting up and, and getting those easy baskets that he has just made a living at so far in the playoffs, seriously concerned. But as a homer, I'm still going to ride with the Sixers uh, to win the East. So let's go Sixers. I, I Maybe they, you know, certainly worried with Embiid's knee, but I, I'm going to knock on wood that they figure out how to get it done. Check out the podcast, Sports Gambling Podcast. Simple name, right to the point. At Sean T. Green. Sean, appreciate you stopping by. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. There he is, Sean Green. That's JVT. I'm Tim Murray. We'll get you updated on what's happening at T-Mobile Arena next, right here on the Nightcap. season is in full swing, so it's the perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day. Our VEASAN experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com backslash MLB, our daily members only best bet emails. So now's the time to start your free trial. Take advantage of the betting opportunities this baseball season at VEASAN.com backslash subscribe. JVT, at me, JVT, is enjoying some uh, Twitter amusement uh, during the break. What did you see? Well, so what's that app where you can put your face on any of the video, or you can put a, a face of any kind on any of the videos, but uh, because Twitter and social media is awesome, Kawhi Leonard is Rambo uh, making its way on social media. <laughs> is, it is just, just splendid. Just splendid. Um, your angels are down 8-1. In the bottom of the fifth, can't win them all. Thirteen out of eighteen, they've been they playing play pretty well. good. Uh, you know, taking advantage of a soft schedule. So, I, I this is to me, it's a really important series, right? Because one, it's the best team that you've played in a little bit now, because you did, took back-to-back, swept back-to-back series against Arizona and Kansas City. So now, what do you do against a, in a division rival who's on the top of the division at this point too? So, really big series. Can't win them all. Bundy again struggles. So we'll see if maybe they can bounce back here in a big way in this series. But. Uh, Angels quietly, man. I think, what, are they one game above 500 now? 33 and 32. Yep. So Likely back to 500, but still. Right. But the important part, again, baseball being a long season, maintain course now until you get back to Mike Trout. And I think they got a series coming up with Detroit after this. So there's plenty of time for them to continue about this pace until Trout comes back. We'll get you updated on what's happening at T-Mobile Arena, but real quickly, halftime, Clippers leading 68-44 to JVT. It has been an impressive showing by the Los Angeles Clippers here tonight. Marcus Morris, uh, as I've said a thousand times today, one for 16 from three through the first three games of this series. Number two in the league in three-point shooting percentage. He's 5 for 5 tonight. 22 points. He leads all scorers in the first half. He has been tremendous. Kawhi Leonard, 19 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, and a poster over Derek Favors that uh, will lead every highlight show tonight and tomorrow because that thing was... Not nice. You want the, how about this for a trend that is meaningless and yet awesome at the same time? Uh, Marcus Morris in 48 minutes... When Markeith shows up to watch him in the postseason, <laughs> 45 points, 14 of 23 from the floor, and 12 of 14 from three-point range. Dude likes his brother. 
Like he's motivated. Cheered him on. He's motivated. Now, are we huh? sure it's not Mark Keith out there? Now we've we've heard right. about this. Um, Donovan Mitchell, by the way, we talked about this. That I'm uh, certain and, it's not Mark Keith. And I I'm watching <laughs> him play. <laughs> and uh, I tended to agree, but your analysis I thought was spot on. You said analytically probably makes sense to play the under on Donovan Mitchell. But do you want to get in front of that freight train? Mm-hmm. He's got 21 points in the first half. Right. Uh, he's 4 of 10 from 3, so he's cashed his over on three-pointers here at Circa, which is 3.5. That The halftime line is Jazz minus 3.5 here. So for the full game, plus 20.5. I, I would look at the Jazz. I mean, I, are the Clippers going to keep their pedal to the metal? You know, the Jazz do kind of seem like that team. Your guy, Jordan Clarkson, he'll hit some meaningless threes. So uh, I would... I would lay the three and a half for the Jazz. I, I could see this game getting back into the teens. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the worries, the, wor- the the part that worries you, I think, is both teams, like on Saturday, was the Saturday they played? Yeah. We're, we're pretty quick to, when, when the game was out of hand and into the fourth quarter, I don't think everybody let's yeah. get out of here. And so with such a wide gap here, if they don't make it up in the third quarter, what does that mean as you get halfway through the fourth with these starters? Now, having said that, like, this is a really good three-point shooting team that is shooting 33.3% from deep. I I would argue, watching what we just did, that a lot of that has to do with the defense that the Clippers mm-hmm. are playing. Clippers are playing great defense. But at the same time, you kind of noted that one or two more three-point shots are probably going to fall for them in the second half that probably shouldn't, a little regression there. So I, I think I would be with you in terms of that being the, hey, I'd rather play that. But I think maybe playing a second half over is also a, a way to go here because not only do you get the potential, you know, the water finding its level with the Jazz offense to a certain extent, but you're also talking about the Clippers, what I think are doing a tremendous job of, of operating their offense, eliminating the threat that is Rudy Gobert. I don't see any way that their offense really slows down for the most part. Again, maybe some of the 50% from three dies down a little bit, but they're still shooting at a very solid clip inside too. So I think really you're finding some success there. So maybe a second half over as well. Yeah, That's you're looking at look a total right now, second half of 114. So uh, the first half total comes in at, uh, as I do quick math, what, 112? Um, so I'll trust you to do that math. Uh, that's that's a that's a scary proposition to trust me in math. But sixty-eight to forty-four. Um, I, like I said, I I didn't have guts and I took the money line today on the Clippers. Didn't lay the points, uh, but I I am going to uh, try to get a little bit of the middle action here. I'll take I'll take the the I'll lay the three and a half, which is really taking twenty and a half here uh, with the Jazz to uh, to lose by twenty. That's all I'm asking, Jazz. Just keep this to 20. Let's uh, let's bring that home. 68 to 44. It has been a thorough beating by the Clippers so far in this one. And, and just to point out again, you you know you've said this before. Plus minus is not the best statistic by right. any means, especially in a single game. But to kind of build on the point that we were talking about earlier when we were talking about like my trepidation with Phoenix, Zubac, Beverly, Man, Kennard all found minutes in this first half. Plus five, plus seven, plus nine, plus four. Like it, it was just positive contributions. Your guy Terrence Mann, plus nine. But man's great, man. Like man's great, man. But just but seriously, like if you just watch the little things that he does, you know, basketball we, we get lost in scoring, right? Yeah, hey, score thirty points a game. Let's go. Terrence Mann does a lot of the little things correctly and and smartly, you know. And you know what you mentioned it was so he's plus nine while shooting one of five. And going oh it's right. from three point range like he's a really good player man he does he does a lot of smart things off ball. Uh, quickly let's get you updated. By the way, Matt Humans, I think you know him. Uh, he will be joining us here in just a little bit. Talk a little U.S. Open. Uh, you can gloat about your Clippers if you'd like. Nothing because, to gloat about. Uh, he and I are 
Uh, I think I've exchanged some text messages with you. I, I've got, you know, for a team that I despise, I don't want to say despise, that's a, little, that's a little harsh. I just don't trust the Clippers. However, I bet on them a lot. I took them in the series. I got a lot of price. text messages. I'm going to out you on when the when and if they do. <laughs> I didn't say I, I just didn't trust them. <laughs> you could out me all I want. I've also said on the show how much I despise them, but uh, I ultimately end up betting them. But uh, the Golden Knights right now uh, putting the finishing touches on the Montreal Canadiens. They lead four to one and almost got an empty netter uh, entering this period. JVT here at Circa, they led three to one. It was minus 125 on the puck line at minus two and a half. And if you played that, you are about 100 seconds away from being very happy. Nick Holden, 10.06 into this third period, made it 4-1. to So Vegas uh, flexing their muscles a little bit on the Canadiens. Yep. And, you know, what? rest versus rest and how long the Canadiens have up with well. The Vegas Golden Knights are pretty good, man. They peppered them with a lot of shots, 30-23. to 23. It's been a really good showing here for Vegas. Not surprising how good this offense can be, but I will say, remember, we've seen this this team get stuck in neutral in multiple series now, so we'll see what happens. 4-1 Vegas looking to take a 1-0 series lead. Torrey Pines, that'll be the host of the U.S. Open. We'll discuss that with Matt Humans next right here on the Nightcap. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what I'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline 
Looking to hire? Indeed will help you speed up the process. They have 135 skills tests to help you find the right candidates faster. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It's a top-notch read right there. That's JVT, at me, JVT, senior NBA analyst, Clippers enthusiast. He's happy what he's seeing right now. 71-51, the Clippers leading the Utah Jazz. And I'd be happy with that final right there. I'd win both my vets, and I'd be... Thoroughly happy with uh, with that result right there. Um, let's bring in our next guest. You'll hear him in, I don't have a watch, but I like doing this. Uh, what, 10 hours? Eight hours? Uh, so, math like is your, live math is all you. I don't know. He'll be up. Uh, you don't go to sleep, though, Matt, do you? Before you, uh, you do follow the money, take your nap after the show? No, we lost Matt. See, he's already falling asleep. He's getting ready for the show tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, and this game, uh, by the way, as uh, as we wait to get Matt Newman's uh, on the horn here, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have taken a 1-0 series lead over the Montreal Canadiens and a series price that was the largest series price in a semifinal in the NHL since 1990 JVT is just going to get larger yep. because they uh, won and won convincingly, winning 4-1 tonight over the Montreal Canadiens. Cash a little plus, plus money on the puck line if you played it. Uh, the under does come home. Didn't look so great there with three goals in the third period. Excuse me, second period. But if you played under five and a half, that comes home. The, the Golden Knights win four to one. Yep. And, you know, I do wonder. I think it's over 400 days in which a you know a Canadian team has played a road opponent outside of Canada. So I wonder, you know, I'm not, my biggest weakness is too much into the numbers and not so much anecdotal stuff. But uh, anecdotally, you know, that's a pretty tough ask, and they seemed a little down in a really, truly you know, hostile environment today. All right, let's bring in Matt Humans. You know him, and uh, he's all over the network, and he'll be on Follow the Money tomorrow morning and uh, on Follow the Money uh, most of the week until JVT will take over on Friday. So JVT doing uh, late night, and then uh, he'll do morning work. No sleep for you, right, Matt, And uh, leading into Follow the Money, and then you'll take a nap post-show? Yeah, you said tomorrow morning. I, I'd consider it later tonight. <laughs> Uh, when Follow the Money comes on. So I don't even know what day it is, Tim. I don't know if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I have no idea. Yeah, and I know uh, the U.S. Open is this week. It is, I heard. And uh, uh, are you going to make the, 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 the trek out to Torrey Pines uh, to catch a little, uh, a little golf in person? Yeah, I love going to the majors. I went to the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach a couple of years ago and uh, walked the course. And I'm going to do that Friday and Saturday probably watch the uh, Sunday final round from a bar downtown San Diego, but I'm going to go out there Friday and Saturday and it'll be, uh, it'd be me rooting against a, uh, a fat Pat Sergio Garcia playoff situation <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if uh, Pat Reed will find it into your pocket. Um, I just want to start with the favorite. Uh, obviously the last time we saw John Rahm, it was uh, the COVID situation. So he's been in isolation. Uh, is this a guy, you know, what, are, what are you thinking about John Rahm heading into Torrey Pines? Um, you know, he's, he's still the favorite on the board. Are you looking to fade him in matchups? You know, I'm not really looking to do anything with John Rahm right now. You you look back at June 5th when he led the Memorial by six strokes. He he fired that third round 64, walks off the green. Uh, he's informed he's got a positive COVID test, and he's out. And uh, a lot of people remember how well he played in that tournament. I mean, he was six strokes ahead of the field going into Sunday. And I think the problem here is uh, the odds – are so low on Rom at a, you know anywhere around ten to one to 
12 to 1 at best, that you really can't play him at this number. This is an elite field with so many good players that you got to think John Robb's not going to get out in front and lead wire to wire like he did at the Memorial. It's going to be different courts. It's even different than the Torrey Pines course that Rom played when he won the Farmers Insurance Open in 2017. That was his first PGA Tour victory. And when he finished runner-up here uh, last year. So he's got great course form. But th- it's going to be a little bit different with the USGA setup. So the rough's going to be thicker. Everything's going to be tougher. So a lot of times when you look at uh, handicapping the U.S. Open, you have to look back at U.S. Open form and history and maybe emphasize that a little bit more than course form you know, in course history, because uh, the USGA is going to trick up this course, make it so much tougher than it was at the Farmers Insurance Open. I think what you have to do with Rom, if you like him and you haven't bet him yet, is maybe just play the adjusted odds after the first round, second round, whatever. You probably are going to be able to get a better price than, you know, 10 to 1 or 12 to 1 if he's not one of the top three or four guys on the leaderboard. And I would take my chances and say that's not going to be the case. So if you like Rom, just be patient. Don't play it at this number. I'm not looking to fade him in any matchups or anything. I just don't have any bets on Rom at this point, on or against. Yeah, you, you kind of alluded to what I wanted to ask you because you know me. I like to look at these course forms. I like to look at true strokes gained uh, on these courses and, and guys that have played this. But this is a course where you know there's a lot of history here, and a lot of these guys have played a lot of rounds. So how do you kind of sift through the noise when you're looking at this when I see like Phil Mickelson in 45 rounds played here to plus 1.59 true strokes gained? Like, those are really good numbers over a large sample size, but we know it's not going to be the same. So what's the recommendation in sifting through some of the noise that some of these numbers will provide? Yeah, Mickelson doesn't even have really great course history since the redesign of this course. And, uh, you know, a lot of his success came before the redesign. You have to look at those things, too. And also the Farmers Insurance Open can be a little bit misleading because one round of that's played on the north course. And when you look back at Fat Pat Reed's win earlier this this year at uh, Torrey Pines, Sanders Shoffley actually shot one stroke better and on the three rounds on the south course than Reed did. And this, this U.S. Open, obviously, on the south course is uh, is going to be uh, more difficult than it played in January. But uh, I, I'm not going too deep into the course history because I think you have to combine U.S. Open history and course history and realize that this course is going to play a lot tougher than it does for the Farmers Insurance Open. Chat with Matt Humans, who you'll hear later on this evening per uh the way he words it, uh, uh, unfollow the money, uh, 4 to 7 a.m. Pacific, 7 to 10 uh, a.m. Eastern. Um, I'm sure in Point Spread Weekly and, and in this week's edition of the Long Shots, you'll have a full breakdown of your plays. But uh, matchups, just notable names you're looking to fade. You know, I'm looking at right now, I see Colin Morikawa against the Patrick Reed in a matchup. Morikawa minus 115, Reed minus 105. Um, what are some names you're looking to maybe fade in uh, in a matchup situation? Yeah, I'm not looking to fade uh, Pat Pat Reed here because he plays well in this course, and he actually puts really well on West Coast Poana greens, and I, I can see why somebody would make a case for betting Reed this week. So I'm not looking to bet against him in a matchup, but Morikawa is one of the guys I like the most in this tournament. Uh, I would just call that matchup a draw and not yeah. play it. Um, I, I think avoiding the thick rough is going to be crucial at Torrey Pines. And you look at Morikawa, he won the 2020 PGA basically because his iron play is as good as it gets. He ranks first on the PGA Tour in greens and regulation percentage at about 72%, and strokes gained tee to green at 1.96. Now, if uh, Morikawa is playing fairways and greens, 
uh, he's going to be in great shape this week. You got to avoid the rough, and this guy's uh, his accuracy is his calling card. So I like Morikawa quite a bit. Also, you have to keep in mind these greens are smaller, and that typically benefits average putters. And that's Morikawa's weakness. He's an average putter, so I think this course fits him uh, pretty well. I I really uh, was starting to dig into the matchups tonight to look at some guys to uh, bet against, and. Um, I don't have any yet mm-hmm. in terms of my uh, bet against list, but um, I'll probably have some of those by tomorrow. I'm actually still going over all the stats and putting together my plays right now. But Morikawa is about – you can get him 25-1 to 1 right now at Circa. Um, somebody asked me yesterday, if you had to bet one player to win this, who would you bet? You know, And I said, Colin Morikawa at 25-1. to 1. I like the odds, and I like the way his game fits his course. He's in pretty good form as well. So there's a lot of things to like. Uh, Morikawa's got six top tens, including a win in his last 10 tournaments. And, you know, he won that major in the PGA 10 months ago in California. So there's a lot of things uh, going well uh, for him. I, you know, in terms of guys to fade, I don't think Jordan Spieth's going to play great this week. Uh, that might be a guy you look to fade. I'm, Justin Thomas is typically a guy I like. I don't really like JT much this week. So I might look... You know, when I when I dig into these matchups and look at different books and what's up there, Spieth and uh, JT might be a couple guys I look to bet against. So uh, Morikawa at the top of your list, human. So uh, just kind of walk us through the the profile of the golfer that you want on a course like this: short game, long game, accuracy. Uh, what are you looking at in terms of stats for these guys? Yeah, you know it's a long course, JVT. But uh, I've always said I think driving distance is most overrated stat in golf handicapping because so many of these guys are long off the tee. Does it really matter that DeChambeau is uh, five yards longer than somebody else? You know, it doesn't. And in fact, you could go look at the Masters last year when DeChambeau was outplayed on a, uh, a long ball hitter's course at the Masters by a guy who's like 60 years old and who was, um, DeChambeau was out driving him by about 80 to 100 yards off every tee. So it's more about strokes gained tee to green. It's about uh, guys who are the best iron players. And a short game, to me, short game is always the most important thing. Driving accuracy in short game, and accuracy is really going to be important. That's why I don't like a guy like Justin Thomas. You've seen how wild he's been off the tee recently. It seems like he doesn't know where it's going off the tee half the time. Uh, you got you have to avoid the rough at Torrey Pines this week. If you don't, you're going to be in big trouble. It could be carnage. And uh, those are things, I think, that stand out more than anything. Driving accuracy and guys who um, – are really good, really sharp iron players. And, uh, you know, Morikawa is one of those guys, obviously. Brooks Kepka is going to be another. And uh, it's, it's interesting to see Kepka's odds drift up a little bit. I, I'm seeing him around 18 to 1 in a couple spots now, which really surprises me. So even though I didn't necessarily plan to have Kepka on my card because I saw the odds around 14 to 1 at 18 to 1, I'm starting to think you got to buy this guy because if you if you look at the aggregate score in majors over the past five years, he blows away the field. And he won the uh, U.S. Open back-to-back in 2017-18. And don't forget that uh, he's going to be jacked up for this major uh, with that rivalry with uh, Bryson. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, check yeah. out Matt this week on Follow the Money, Point Spread Weekly, Long Shots. Matt, great stuff, and uh, enjoy Torrey Pines. All right, you bet, fellas. Thanks. There he is, Matt Humans at Matt Humans two four seven. Get you updated on what's happening out in Los Angeles next here on the Nightcap. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's 
It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 